bother doing that. Um, let me uh, let me say this: that, that times have been much worse, and uh, a number of years ago, in fact, in the first century, there was um, the gladiatorial games. Under Roman domination and under Roman rule, there were many things that were done that uh, we we can't even imagine. You know, as we look at our society today and think of how things have fallen and degraded, um, it doesn't compare to where men once lived. Uh, What is scandalous uh, today, uh, we would uh, get rid of our politicians. Uh, What they do, maybe it's scandalous or salacious. Uh, They they try to hide it today. They they didn't try to hide it then. It was openly done. Um, Think of the gladiatorial contests that took place in uh, those early centuries. For sport, men would fill a coliseum and watch as men murdered one another. They would uh, outfit guys. They would uh, allow them to, to fight to the death. They would often just throw Christians in and watch it as sport as they were put to death. They would put wild animals in and uh, watch uh, as a person would try to fight and live in the uh, dangers of the wild animals. Um, there was a man, a monk, Telemachus, who uh, attended one of these games on one occasion. And he was so moved by what he saw. I mean, here's this cheering crowd in the stands and, and these men killing each other. And, and the thing to do was to die well. These gladi- gladiators could live for generations if they would just die well. That's what they wanted to see, somebody who would go down fighting. And he watched all that, and he was so appalled by what he saw. He entered the arena stood between two gladiators and insisted that they quit fighting. Now, that's where historians say a little bit of different thing as to what happened. Some historians say that at that point, the crowd became so outraged that they took up stones and stoned him to death for stopping uh, the gladiatorial contest. Others say that um, those, the man that was in charge of the uh, games that day commanded the gladiators to kill him, and they swiftly put an end to his life. But in either way, whatever way he came or met his fate, um, one of the emperors at the time said, enough. He was so moved by what this one solitary man did, the courage that he had to stand up and oppose it, he put an end to the gladiatorial games in um, 404 A.D., January 1st, as a matter of fact. Don't tell me one person cannot cause or create an impact in society. It, it happens, and it happens all the time. I, I want us to live in such a way that we can um, make an impact. We, we're at a new year. And new beginnings are given to us. And we talked about that two weeks ago at the first of the year. And what I want us to to look at is the challenge that was made. Each one win one. What if each one of us took to task this year to try to win one soul to Jesus? What could be accomplished? 
What, what could we do? Um, it, it can be done. And I don't want us just, you know, that's just religious talk. That's preacher talk. Uh, you know, it's one of those things we've got to talk about, and then we just dismiss it and leave this building and go our way and do nothing. I, I want us to act. I want us to work. I want us to plan on doing that. In the book of Ezekiel, God said, I need a man to stand in the gap for me. Sadly, at that time, there was no man to be found. I don't want this to be a situation where God says, I need men and women in Carnes, Tennessee, in Knoxville. I need them to stand. And then he has no one who will do that. We need to stand. Um, I want us to look this morning at um, how we can do and what we can do to try to win one. And here's the first point. If we're going to win each one of us, win one in this upcoming year, which it's possible to do. And let me just say this too. Don't get lost in the, the enormity of our task. How are we ever going to... There's six billion people in the world. How are we ever going to reach six billion people? Well, you can't, but you can reach one. When the bomb was dropped at Hiroshima in 1945, August 6th, there was a doctor who was in the center of town. <clears throat> He had just been called away to a, a man's home. He had a daughter that was having an epileptic seizure. And, and so he left the hospital and went three and a half miles from the center of town. And he was treating this young girl when the bomb went off. He said, I'm one of the few people who live to tell of seeing that bright light. Uh, it was bright and then immediate heat hit and uh, nobody knew what was going on. And he said, as this took place, I went back and I started walking toward the center of town and I began to see people that I, I didn't understand what I was seeing. Uh, they were uh, horribly um, burned because of the, the blast. And as he began to look around and see all these people, he, he felt overwhelmed. <laughs> what, what does one physician do in the face of so many casualties? He said, I did the only thing I could do couldn't save everybody. So I began to try to save somebody. And he kneeled down and he worked with a person who was at his feet uh, and was needing medical attention. We can't save the world, but you can save somebody. Don't excuse yourself from trying by saying the task is too overwhelming. Take the one person that you can reach and reach them. With the gospel of Christ. But how do we do that? Well, first thing we do <clears throat> is we look past the behavior of the lost. Um, I just can is there no file at all in there? I, I really wanted to use the overhead this morning for a purpose. Um, in the, I know it wasn't in the regular folder, but I saw that it was placed in the AM folder. It's not there either. Wow. Okay. All right, well, we won't have PowerPoint today, but and I'll get that out of my mind now. Um, look past the behavior of others. I, I think sometimes when it comes to trying to reach people, we get caught up with, oh, well, that person would never. Do you see what they do on the weekends? There's no sense in even trying to talk to them about Jesus because they're, they're not going to be interested. I, I know what they do. Well, isn't that the case with all sinners? 
Isn't that why they need the gospel? Because sinners are sinners. People who are lost are sinners. That's, that's what happens to people who are lost. That's why they need the gospel in the first place. If we said, well, we're going to take the gospel to good people, well, good people, yeah, it's Jesus said, I came for those who are sick, not for those who are well. But oftentimes I think we, we limit ourselves in our outreach because we look at people and we don't look to who they are, we look at what they do. And I don't know about getting involved with them. They're, they've got messy lives. Well, of course they do. The devil has had a, a playground with them. We need to look beyond the things people do and to who they are. In fact, if you have your Bible, open it to Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, there is a story um, that Jesus tells about a man who, well, the account is told of a man who was demon-possessed by legion. Many, many demons were within him. And he was crazy. And you know how the story goes. He lived in the caves. But I'll tell you, I was reading our devotional book the other day, and I saw one of our young people had written on this passage, and I think it fits, and the application that was made is exactly what I want to say. So I want this young person to speak to you this morning. Here's what they said. Most of you have heard about uh, the man possessed with a legion of demons in Mark 5, 1 through 20, but have you ever really looked at it? The Bible says that there was a man who lived in a graveyard, ran around naked, cried out all day and night as he cuts himself with stones, and he couldn't be bound even with chains. Understandably, when people saw him, they saw his supernatural strength, his wild behavior, and they avoided him. I doubt that anybody, with the exception of possibly his immediate family, if he had any, was even willing to try to look past his flaws to see who he truly was. When Jesus met this man, he looked past all the demons and the wild behavior, and he saw the man behind the demons. Jesus had pity on this man. He cast out the demons, and this man was set free. In fact, this man was so thrilled that he begged Jesus to let him go with him. However, Jesus told him to return to his home and tell everyone what God had done for him. When they did, or when he did, they were all amazed. I think that far too often, when Christians are too quick to judge others based solely upon the faults we initially see in them, I think that far too often we're tempted to judge solely upon the faults we initially see in them. We don't try to look past their faults and into who they really are and the potential they possess. Who knows what good can come from the ones you least expect good to come from? They could be like the man who, because someone saw through his flaws and cast out his demons, made everyone around him marvel at the power God displayed in him. That's from one of the young people in the congregation. And this person is saying exactly what I'm trying to say. Do sinners have messy lives? Yeah. It's no reason to avoid them. It's the reason to reach out to them. And had Jesus not reached out to this man who was demon-possessed, 
had he not seen beyond his crazy behavior, that man would have had no salvation. We need to see beyond the behavior of people with whom we come in contact. The person that you think is strange, weird, out of control, um, you know, a wreck, reach out to them. See who they are. Remember what the psalmist said in Psalm 25 and verse 7. He said, Lord, remember not the sins of my youth, but remember me. I think there's two significant things there. God is, number one, willing to forget our past. He's willing to wipe the slate clean. He doesn't see us as the crazy person running around not making any sense with our lives anymore. He will forget our past. And the psalmist says, please, Lord, forget the sins of my youth. Don't remember them. But I want you to do one thing. I want you to remember me. We all act out of character. We all do things we're ashamed of. We've all been in places and done things where we just, uh, that's not who I am. That's not, don't define me by that. I'm better than that. Realize that people may do terrible things, but they're a soul. And they're, they are eternity bound. And by sharing the gospel with them, you can save their soul from a devil's hell. It's worth the effort. At least try. Don't let people be put off because of their actions. See beyond their behavior. Here's the second thing. Make plans. Brainstorm. What I talked about uh, at the very first Sunday of the year is that God doesn't want us to perish. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants us to go to heaven. And so he doesn't go about it haphazardly. I want man to be saved. Well, what, what did he do to, to secure that? Well, before he even created us, he prepared a way for us. I, the, the plan, we, we even call it, we identify it as the scheme of redemption. God had this grand plan. When did, it, when did he institute it? Before he ever created man, he planned to save us. Before there was a sinner, there was a Savior. Revelation 13 and verse 8, Jesus was a lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. God already had the plan of Jesus coming to save us from our sins before we were even guilty of sin. Before there was guilt, there was grace. You realize the Bible says in first or second Timothy chapter one and verse nine that there was grace given in Christ from the foundation of the world. That was God's plan before he loved or we loved him. He loved us. First John four and verse 19. God had a plan. It wasn't left to happenstance. He had a plan. What I'm saying is, let's go home and let's plan. If each one is going to win one, we have to plan. It doesn't happen by happenstance. We don't wait for people to to trip over our feet. We search them out. We pursue them with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the love of God. One of the things that I wanted to show you on the slide is that when I preach this lesson a couple weeks ago about trying to reach out to people. Uh, John Aragon. What it, John, are you nine? Are you nine years old? 
John's nine years old. He was listening to the lesson, and he, it resonated with him. How am I going to reach people? And so he got his outline, and he wrote on the back, and he, he made this, and I wanted to show you his actual drawing of, um, it was his idea of, okay, well, you take this piece of paper, and he showed you how to do it. You know, you cut here, you draw on a half piece of paper, you fold it, and you, you draw it, and then on the inside, we can put a map of the church, and then you can put some Bible verses on this side of this heart that you cut out, and then you can advertise the church on the front, and you can put a nice message over here, and he had figured out a way, a plan, where we can reach out to people, and tell them of Jesus. I remember, I think, two of the passages that he had in his um, heart that he had drawn was John 3.16 and 1 John 3.16. Both of them speak of the love of Christ and our love and our faith is necessary uh, in him. Uh, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Here's a young man, nine years old. And if you turn it over, your outline's over. If you have your outlines, I went ahead and just kind of showed you, a, a, you know, what it would kind of look like, what he was talking about. But what plan have you made? Who is the person that you're going to try to reach this year? Have you identified them? Who's the person that you're praying for, that God in his providence would open doors, would bring about circumstances in their life that would maybe rock their world, if that's what it takes, to get them to lift their eyes up and search for help? Who is it that you're seeking out with a plan to try to reach them? And how consistent is that plan? Are you going to try once and let six months go before you try again? Or are you going to try to reach this person on a consistent way, in a consistent way that is based on a plan? God had a plan. I'm just saying, let's let's formulate a plan. Let's not fly by the seat of our pants. In Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 8, there's this wicked steward that Jesus tells us about. He's been uh, skimming some money. He's not been a good steward with what his master left him in charge of. And then his master says, listen, um, I want an accounting of everything that you have been taking care of that belongs to me. And the guy knows he's in trouble. And so he says, man, what am I going to do? I've got to have a plan. And so his plan was to go to all the people that owed his master money and say, hey, you know, I know you, I'm in charge of my, my master's affairs and, and you owe him a hundred dollars, but I'll tell you what, if you'll pay me fifty, we'll just call it good. Well, people would jump on that and they'd like him for doing it. And he said, I'm too, I can't beg. I can't dig. When I get fired for being a bad steward, what am I going to do? How am I going to make a living? So he planned this scheme where he would show people favor, and when he got fired, they'd be willing to take him in because they owed him. He's not commended for his disobedience and his for his um, dishonesty, but he is commended for his planning. That's what Jesus commended him for in the story. He was shrewd. He was wise. Every year there's a conference, a technology conference, and and, uh, all these people come together and they brainstorm and they they introduce ideas that they've planned on. And, you know, we're the recipients of all of that brainstorming and planning. And and a year by year to year they come together and they they show us the new things that are going to be released 
And, and those things are released because of, of planning and preparing and hard work and labor. And man, we, we get to use that stuff. Really neat stuff. Could it be that more planning goes into the latest iPhone app than into the saving of souls by God's people? Is an app more important than a soul? How much planning are we doing? Each one win one. That's all. If we'll just put ourselves to that task and then follow through. The Bible tells us in James 2, verses 15 through 16, that we need to follow through. He said, a faith that doesn't work, it's dead. If somebody comes and knocks on your door and they're in desperate need and they need food and clothing, and you say, hey, well, yeah, I see that. Uh, Have a good day. And you close the door in their face. You haven't helped them. And you haven't expressed your faith to them. That faith, he says, will not save. We can sit around and we can develop great plans and implement and, and say, yeah, boy, that's a good plan. Oh, that is too. That, we can reach a lot of people that, and we can, we can be the best planners. But if we don't implement what we plan, we've, we've accomplished nothing. I love football. We're about to wind down. Well, actually it wound down when the Steelers got beat, but, Anyway, when there's still a few games going on that don't mean a whole lot right now, but um, you know what? I've learned the game isn't played in the huddle. Nobody goes to a football game and sits there and goes, wow, did you see that huddle? They are good huddlers. You know, man, they can get, look at the perfect circle they get in. Man, that's a good huddling team. Nobody says that. Because it doesn't matter how well you huddle if you don't execute on the field. I don't want to be a people known for huddling. I want to be known for what we do, how well we implement what we have planned and dreamed of and and brainstormed about. That's how we reach souls. Well, don't lose sight of our mission. We're at the first month, uh, first of the year, first month of the year. Got a year ahead of us. Find somebody. As a family, pick somebody. As an individual, find someone that you want to reach with the gospel and begin making your plans. Take the lead of a nine-year-old boy and say, ah, I've got a responsibility I'm going to think of a way. I'm going to dream. I'm going to brainstorm. I'm going to imagine a way to try to reach people, and I'm going to execute that. And we'll just see what I can do with God's help. You know the sky is the limit. With God's help, do we need to go through the Bible and look at the, the people who did great things, and they were just one, but God was with them? I think I don't have to sell you on that. With God's help, there's no end to the possibilities. Let us this year, each one, work at winning one. And Jesus will be magnified. And that's our goal in life. We have a mission to go preach the gospel to every creature He that believeth and is baptized, Jesus says, shall be saved. But he who does not believe shall be condemned.
What decision a person makes is up to them. But they need to be given the opportunity to make the decision for themselves. Let's be about the task of letting people make their own decision. If you're here this morning and you're not yet a child of God, Jesus, as I said, said that if you will trust in me and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, I'll save you. Now that comes not that salvation comes with also the acknowledgement of his lordship in your life. From that point on, you do what he asks you. You live for him. The rewards will be well worth it. If you haven't done that, we'll assist you in that this morning. If you're a child of God already but unfaithful, maybe you haven't been planning and preparing. Maybe you've taken the most important mission that Jesus left in your hands. We call it the Great Commission. This is what Jesus left the church to do. Maybe you haven't taken that seriously and you're going to, you want to. You want forgiveness for not doing it. We'll pray with you to the end that you be stronger, more faithful. And let's each leave here today with someone in mind and a plan by which we try to reach them with the gospel. And let God and the power of his word bring about the results. If you need to respond, we invite you to come as we stand together and sing.